Okay, so let's start off with Gavin Williamson, who I want to stay yet again, should not be compared to Frank Spencer, because Frank Spencer was a good man who was just trying his best. He was just trying to build his life for him and his wife and little baby Jessica. He was a good man. He was a good, good man. Gavin Williamson, not a good man. Scumbag. Anyways, so this week, Gavin Williamson uh, was giving an interview and he talked about how he had had a Zoom call with Marcus Rashford, who is a football player here in the UK, um, who has really uh, kind of made a name for himself as an activist and a campaigner outside of football he has done loads of really great work trying to end food poverty for kids here in the UK Uh, a lovely guy Um, so Gavin Williamson talked about how he'd had this zoom call with Marcus Rashford who is a footballer called Marcus and it's definitely not a rugby player called Maro Atoje. Definitely not that. But it turns out Gavin Williamson did not have a Zoom call with Marcus Rashford. Um, and the Zoom call wasn't even on the topic of poverty, food poverty for children in the UK. He actually had a Zoom call with a rugby player called Maro Atoje. Um, who was campaigning for millions of kids to get access to laptops during lockdown. Now listen, I know how there's this whole thing of like, sometimes people will look at two black people and think they look the same. I don't understand how this happens. This happens so often and I don't get it. These men do not even look the damn same. They look completely different to each other. Seriously, Google these men and you'll see what I mean. Because I I knew who Marcus Rashford was, but I didn't know who Mario Tojo was because I I don't, well, I don't follow any sports really. Um, But I wasn't too familiar with him, but I Googled him and he looked completely different to Marcus Rashford. They look completely different. They have different names. They play different sports for fuck's sake. But I... 
Well, we all look the same to you, Gavin Williamson. Oh. I just, I, I mean, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, it was, girl. Like, literally, I'm looking at pictures of these two guys now, and they look completely different. Everything is different. They look so fucking different, and I do not understand how you could mix them up. Like, Frank Spencer would never do this, okay? Let me tell you that. Frank Spencer would never do this, because Frank Spencer is a good man that treats people with respect, and he would not mix up two men just because they happen to both be black frank spencer would never he would never because he's an he's just an iconic king and he's not like racist um i i mean jesus christ it was i was cringy mama and (sighs) gavin williamson's team had to come out and confirm yeah sorry it was it was another guy sorry for our minister's accidental racism and this is what i mean when i say don't compare him to frank spencer because yes frank spencer was an unfortunate man sorry for anyone listening outside of the uk who's listening to this and going who the fuck is frank spencer i should explain frank spencer is the main character from a sitcom uh here in the uk called some mothers do have him and he's fucking hilarious he's an iconic king you should look it up on youtube it's really fun and you'll love it very camp um basically he was this guy that was just really unfortunate like he was always in some type of situation doing some dumb shit he was well he was not a smart guy but he was always trying his best. He always had good intentions. He just happened to be really unlucky and unfortunate and kind of dumb. That is not the case with Gavin Williamson. Gavin Williamson is just straight up a horrible person. But everybody kind of, you know, coddles him and compares him to this comedic character and acts like, oh, he's just really dumb. And I'm like, no, at some point you have to accept that some of the shit he does is straight up malicious. He's a bad person. If you look at two completely different men who look different, have different jobs, have different names, wearing different clothes, different hairstyles. If you look at those two men and you assume that they're the same person, that's racism and that makes you a bad person that's not something that happens by accident like these these two men they look too different for this to be an accident he just didn't give a shit and i just anyway i am team protect frank spencer from the fucking slander and libel of being compared to gavin williamson um let's talk about my local council well a local council in my county where I live anyway. Whenever Kent makes the news, it's never for a good reason. And this was so stupid. Okay. So, um, girl. Swale Council is now having to take action to to try and quash planning decisions that were made by the council in error because this shit is so dumb, oh my God. Basically they have an online submission system for 
planning permission so like if you wanted to build something or you wanted to extend something or whatever that you would need planning permission for you submit it on the online system now they were having software issues apparently and so they were trying to fix that and then they tried to do some test decisions to make sure that the system was working the problem was the system was live at the time so they weren't test decisions or dummy decisions they were actual real planning applications and the decisions entered into the system were published and are now kind of like legally binding so one of the decisions that has been made was a a bid by the happy pants animal sanctuary who would like to stay on the site they currently are and they received the response your proposal is whack no mate proper whack I don't know who who was typing in these things. Apparently, it was a junior member of staff, but they they typed like a fucking TikTok rapper or whatever. Like, girl, girl, what is that? Anyways, um, so there were a number of different decisions that have basically been rejected with sarcastic comments because I guess the person thought, oh, it's never going to be published, I'm just testing the system, but then they actually were published, and so those people's planning applications have now been rejected, Um, including uh, butchers that wanted to change to become a takeaway. Um, Wait, how would that work? Like a takeaway butcher? Well, anyways, uh, they were turned down with the official comments stating no, and just don't. Girl. It looks as if it may cost the council £8,000 to rectify these issues um, and fix the issue of the fact that there are a number of decisions that should have gone the other way that now haven't um so yeah that's going to be a great use of taxpayer money great job guys um i do feel the council were kind of trying to throw this junior member under the bus but my question would be why wasn't a junior member of staff being supervised and why did absolutely nobody in this office realize that the system was live You can't just pin this on one person. This was a failure by a lot of people. I mean, yes, one person was writing sarcastic dumb shit, but this was clearly a failure of a lot of people, to be real. But of course, no one, no one senior is going to take responsibility. It just, that's how it is. That is just how it is. Um, There was a video of Andy Burnham skateboarding. Uh, That's, uh, that came up online. He was having a little skateboard and a lot of people found it interesting because he during the olympics well he did a very like kind of old man tweet (laughs) um he he was like talking about how he didn't think skateboarding was like a proper aha 
think I found the tweet. He said, not at all sure about skateboarding as an Olympic sport with like a sort of apprehensive emoji. Um, and now, now he is skateboarding. So that's interesting. <laughs> Um, it was just, it just made me laugh seeing the video. I was like, bro, what? What the fuck? <laughs> what is he doing? I don't understand. I mean, I guess this is what he's doing because he can't get a spot at Labour Conference. So, fair play, I guess. Um, up in Scotland, lots of things happening. Uh, the SNP conference is currently underway. It's happening. Um, Nicola Sturgeon confirmed earlier this week that her aim is to hold the second independence referendum before the end of 2023. And there were some people that lost their shit, but there were also some people that were very excited. I'll leave you to guess which category I fall into. I mean, <laughs> no, I think you know. Um, but I think it's it's interesting, and I, for one, I'm pretty damn hype and excited to find out what happens. That's all. Um, I saw something on Twitter, and it kind of blew my mind a little, but like in a, I am really disgusted by this way. So, Grant Shapps, who is the transport he's in charge of transport the transport minister the transport guy he tweeted as great british railways marks the new era for our railways we've put retired pacer trains to new uses serving northern communities including a family support center a hospital a kitchen for a mental health charity a new classroom for kids the last one was delivered yesterday. Oh yes, levelling up, showing northern kids you care about them by saying, oh yes, you'd like a new classroom? Here's an old rickety fucking train um, that, that we have repurposed to give you a classroom. Now, if you live down south, if you live down south, you might have a, a classroom that's an actual building, but you don't. You're in the fucking north, so you just get an old train. Like, come on, man. Like, at least try and make your contempt for the North a secret. Jesus. They are really putting these kids in fucking rickety, crickety, decrepit trains. And you know what? You know what's even worse about this? People in the North have been promised that those paces are going to be off the fucking tracks for years now. And it's only just happening. Those trains... Baby, those trains are trash. I I like to go on holiday to the north because there's lots of nice places to explore. But Northern Rail was always the bane of my life because the trains were just uncomfy, unseemly. It was just not a nice vibe. And I used to think to myself, I'm complaining and being a little bitch about it. But like, what about people who actually have to use these trains every day? It's really unfair that down where I live, you know, I mean... Our trains are still not fabulous, but, you know, at least they look like they were made sort of post-90s, you know what I mean? It's unfair that up here, it's just such a stark difference, you know? And now, to add insult to injury, instead of building proper school facilities for kids, instead of building proper support centres for families in hospitals, instead of 
building proper facilities for mental health charities in the north. What do they get? Trains. Just repurpose trains. If, is this the investment they've promised northerners? Is it like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we said we were going to invest. We didn't tell you how, though. We didn't tell you how. And you know how we're going to do it? Old trains. Old trains. We're going to build some fucking prefabs, too. And you'll like it. Like, what the fuck, man? I just... That shit makes me feel uncomfy. I can't lie. Um, it's just not... It's not cute... It's not gorgeous. And I I do feel the people of the North deserve better than that. You know, they deserve classrooms that are actual buildings for the kids. They deserve proper facilities, proper investment. And they're not getting it. And... God, I'm mad about it. Not even from the North, I'm mad. But my mum's family are from the North, so maybe, maybe it counts. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see what else happened. Um... Oh, fabulous. Great. You know what happened? The second reading of the elections bill passed this week, 327 to 228. One of the key features of this would be uh, bringing in voter ID in the UK, across the UK. Now, I know some people are going to be like, but you already need it in Northern Ireland. But let me tell you this. Have you considered that perhaps actually that's stupid but have you thought about that how big of a threat is voter fraud not very much hold on i'm sorry i just i need to put on some lip balm anyways it's not actually a huge threat you know Cases of voter fraud in the UK are fucking minuscule. Like, it's such a small number. And it's just, they're basically putting barriers in the way for people voting. And they think that we don't know that they're doing that, but like, we do. It's just, it's going to be a waste of everyone's time it's going to be a waste of money. It's going to disenfranchise people, you know, because they keep saying, oh, you know, anyone that doesn't have ID, well, you know, we can we can give you some free voter ID. And I'm like, yeah, but who's going to pay for that? Us. Why don't we stick to the current system where it's not necessary and we don't have to spend a bunch of money that you keep saying we don't have when we ask you for things like money for schools and money for hospitals and money for mental health you say we don't have money when we ask for that but when you want to bring in some arbitrary stupid fucking thing suddenly you got money to spend on it that's interesting that's interesting Mm. uh speaking of the nhs (laughs) speaking of money so i talked last week about the government's plans to raise national insurance to pay for social care that plan was unveiled this week. They had a little vote. So, um, I'm going to just read you this quote from an anonymous Conservative MP who spoke to the Financial Times about this plan to increase national insurance. They said, 
We are asking people on low incomes to pay more tax so that privileged kids can inherit expensive houses. I mean... I mean... Uh, during the debate on this issue, Keir Starmer said that um, his sister, who is a poorly paid care worker, would have to basically shoulder this. He said, my sister is a poorly paid care worker, so I know this firsthand. There was a lot of concern about the fact that people on low incomes are basically having to pay for this. Um, and I feel like that is a very valid concern what i will say is this and i just want to jump in and say this real quick before i go back to yelling at the government there are a lot of people that are framing um social care as something that will only be used for older people and that only older people use and access social care i want to just quickly point out that that isn't true there are um, disabled people of all ages that also will access and use social care so I feel it is important to remember that Um, that being said I do feel that it would be better to perhaps I don't know tax the incredibly wealthy instead of everybody else um you know, or maybe stop handing out, you know, millions of pounds in PPE contracts to absolute chances that happen to be mates with people in the Conservative Party. I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I have a lot of problems with this plan anyway, because it really does not seem worthwhile. So... To all intents and purposes, we're kind of just like throwing money away. Um, so God. So the the whole point of this plan, the reason Boris Johnson's doing this, he says it's for social care, right? However, the vast majority of the money that will be raised actually goes to the NHS. Now, the NHS and social care, for those that that don't know, are different things. Uh, So the NHS is the National Health Service. um, That is free at the point of access healthcare for everybody in the UK. Um, And so social care tends to be covered by local authorities or local councils. Um, And that is, you know, stuff like having carers come to your home to help you with stuff, having carers, um, you know, go out with you so you can live independently. Um, Sometimes it can be, you know, care homes and things like that. Um, But they they are different things. Social care is not handled by the National Health Service generally. Um, So... This rise in national insurance is predicted to raise about £36 billion. However, only £5.4 billion of that will go to social care. 
and furthermore, there's not a lot going to raising wages for carers, which is the major problem with the social care sector. One of the big problems with social care is that there are not enough staff to do the jobs, right? And one of the reasons for that, one of the major reasons people leave the care sector is because of poor wages. The majority of social care workers are on minimum wage. So they are paid the very least that a business can get away with paying them. Um, You know, and this kind of, it's a sector-wide thing, you know. And it's a huge problem because care work is is incredibly difficult yes it can be incredibly rewarding but it's still very difficult it's physically difficult it can be emotionally difficult because you are supporting and helping people a lot of the time that you know you you feel invested and so you know you want to help people and you want to support people but when you are working long hours you're doing physical work and you're not being paid fairly you can't really survive on those wages. It's very difficult for people. And so a lot of people will leave the sector for that reason. Um, there was a, a tweet from a journalist called Paul Brand who works for ITV. And he, he tweeted this. He said, reaction from carers we are filming with in Wiltshire. Yet again, we are the secondary service. I'm deflated. What was Boris Johnson clapping for? there we are there we are um if you can't because here's the thing if you improve wages in the care sector you are likely to get more applications in the care sector more people applying for jobs which means there's more staff available which means it's less likely that people are going to be asked to do you know 50 60 hour weeks they can take it down to a more manageable level and still earn a decent wage which means that the quality of the care goes up because the carers aren't exhausted. The carers are more likely to stay in the job because they can actually have a life outside of their work and earn a livable wage. Like, literally, it's a win-win situation to raise wages for carers. And the government had the chance to do that and chose not to. They will stand out... Boris Johnson will stand outside Downer Street and he'll clap and he'll be like, oh, I'm clapping for carers. But he doesn't actually give a shit. He he literally does not give a shit about them. And I'm just like... (sighs) Bro, what the fuck? He did, however, have the decency to brush his hair for the debate. So I guess that's something. It's not really anything, actually. Um, One of the things as well that came up a lot during the debate uh, in Westminster... Um, And it's something I do want to really talk about because it is mind-blowing to me. Um, So Dr Philippa Whitford of the SNP raised the point that in Scotland, personal care is free. So one of the major problems here in England is that a lot of people cannot afford personal care. They can't afford, you know, the support that they need right and so that's why you end up with situations of like older people who have wealth maybe own property having to sell that property to afford that care um people that don't have the luxury of owning property 
they have to hope that they can get some kind of funding through the local authority or through a charity otherwise it is essentially just hoping that their family will help them or being left with nothing um so having access to personal care here in England is essentially it's like you don't know what the fuck's gonna happen and you're in a situation where you just really hope that that's not something that's going to be necessary but inevitably it is however in Scotland you can access that care for free the government pays for it the government invests in people You don't get bankrupted trying to pay for something as simple as support, the chance to live your life independently, to have dignity. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to try and find the money because the government takes care of its people. So it is possible. It is possible. Um, You know, there'll be a lot of people who'll be like, oh, well, you know... Scotland, they they run off with money from England. Bitch, no, they don't. They don't. As it all turns out, actually, Scotland actually gets less back in in funding from from the central government that they can use for their own budget than they put in in terms of, of taxes raised in Scotland. So Scotland raises more income than it gets back, as it all turns out. Um, and even with that, they are still able to put together a budget that allows them to take care of people, to make sure that they can access care for free and not have to worry about that. I mean, th- this is what it, what it essentially comes down to. It's do you have a government that cares about you on a human level or do you not? You know what I mean? The British government could, they could fund it. They could. You know, they'll sit around and they'll say, oh, we don't have the money, we don't have the money. But then they'll be like, oh, by the way, uh, yeah, we are <laughs> we are going to splash out a ton of fucking money on this whole voter ID nonsense. Like, we're going to do that. They are going to be spending on this, by the way, 55 million on bigger poll cards 15 million to get IDs for people that don't have ID, 20 million on communications about this change, and 20 million on hiring extra staff to make it possible to force all voters to show ID, which is pointless because voter fraud is so small in this country. But then they'll turn around and they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we're gonna need you to pay more for people to be able to access social care because we, we don't have the money for it, sorry. And it's like, but you're throwing away money on meaningless shit. And that's not the only thing that you're throwing away money on meaningless shit for. Like, I'm sure that if we add it all up, we could find the money to pay for something like free personal care. We could. It's just you don't want to. You don't believe that the people of England deserve something like that. And so you won't give it to us. You could but you won't. We can see other countries in the union doing it. We can... Sorry, I just... (laughs) I just, like, dropped something and fell fell off my desk. Anyway, we can see other countries in the union doing it. We can see other governments within the union doing it. So don't sit there and tell me you fucking can't, because you can. You, You literally can. You just don't want to. 
And it's just... It really makes you think. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I remember seeing something about how in Scotland they were going to be looking at trialing universal basic income. And again, I thought, my God, how nice must it be to have a government that gives a shit about you on a human level? How nice it must be to have a government that wants you to actually have a nice life. Like, I mean, see, this is the thing. Like, some people, they look at me and they say, well, why why do you care about something like like Scottish independence like what why why does that interest you stuff like that is why because I see this government that wants to do good things for people I see uh, a country full of people that are in support of that too a society of people that that looks at life and says you know what let's make things better let's make things fairer you know we have the people like that in England but the government won't listen the government won't accept that our lives don't have to be a struggle the government won't accept that our lives can be better and so the people have no choice but to continue and just go on and suffer but in Scotland it's different because they have a government that's listening to them and they they have so much fucking potential, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, look at it. Look at all this shit they've done. Free personal care. They're looking at doing universal basic income. That's a game changer. They have brought in the, the child payment. They are giving money, putting money in the hands of new families. The baby box, putting resources in the hands of new families tuition fees gone prescription fees gone i mean how how can anyone look at that and not think my god what could they do if they weren't trapped by the limits of devolution i I just i don't understand that mindset i really really don't um and I look at that and I think, I want to be a part of that. That's cool as fuck. These people are, they're on my wavelength. We are vibing. You know what I mean? This is exactly like, that's like Nicola Sturgeon lives in my fucking head. You know what I mean? Because all that shit she does, that's exactly what I would do if I was running a country. And I think that's, that's the place for me. Yes, bitch. Anyways, back to writing on the British government. Um, so my point is, it clearly can be done. We can give people the resources to live happy, healthy lives. We can support older people. We can support disabled people. We can do that because there are other countries within the union we are currently in that are doing it right the fuck now who have restrictions on what they can do they have less resources than the british government but they still find a way to make it work so then the question is well what why is the british government so fucking complacent so callous ask yourself that think about it think about it you know i just anyways so there was a lot of cringe moments in the debate. Um, a lot of opposition MPs kept bringing up the idea of a national care system, um, which would be similar to the NHS, in which social care could be funded by the government 
and could be free at the point of access um which i think is a fucking great idea um that was previously a policy of um the labor party uh, under jeremy corbyn i think it's fucking rad um the government kept trying to say there was loads of reasons why they couldn't do it but honestly i wasn't buying it um there was a moment where uh nadia whittam got up to speak nadia whittam uh is is back um nice to have her back i hope that she is feeling um a lot better uh she took some time off to to deal with some issues she was having with mental health and i am really happy that she's back i think she makes a lot of great contributions and she seems like a really nice gal she also worked in the care sector for years including during the pandemic she went back to work in the care sector while still being a member of parliament she went and she worked in care during the pandemic because she wanted to help people and boris johnson he he decided to answer back he he was talking like he knew better than her about what the care sector needs and i'm like bitch (laughs) bitch (laughs) what what are you saying literally what are you fucking saying bitch what is it that you're saying bitch shut the fuck up don't tired of it tired of it boris johnson who's never even had a real fucking job in his life had the audacity speaking of bitches that had the audacity matt hancock (laughs) he got up to speak during this debate and literally the second he stood up the chamber fucking flooded with laughter i was cackling i was like (laughs) this puta it's what he fucking deserves to be quite honest with you i girl i was living i was absolutely living it was fucking hilarious because i like seeing men being humiliated and shamed in public (laughs) no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding um uh there was a really great moment uh rachel reeves was basically yelling at the government it was god i had to i had to stand i had to fucking stand she was at the dispatch box she was fucking yelling and i was like that's queen shit that is queen shit yes girl yes icon oh my god i just i had to live i had to live i had no choice no choice but to fucking stand um so (laughs) let's talk a little bit more about matt hancock Mm. so it has been reported that conservative mps are being asked to spy on each other to try and stop another matt hancock-esque scandal (laughs) oh my god what is going on with these bitches like 
are they going through like some kind of like second puberty or some shit like what is going on it's like everybody and fucking Westminster is like a horny weirdo like what the fuck it's gross anyways the Tory MPs are apparently being asked to spy on their colleagues to avoid another embarrassing Matt Hancock style affair scandal according to reports a source said ministers don't want to be caught out for a second time after video emerged exposing the minister in a clinch with an aid clinch sounds disgusting ew Anyways, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see Tories getting horny on Maine or anywhere. So I, I, I feel that. I feel that. There's also been some uh, some talk about standards for MPs in general on the whole. Um, so the Speaker of the House, Lindsay Hoyle, has decided he wants to put his foot down in regards to the rules when it comes to conduct in Westminster. He's he's decreed no chinos. I'm I have to be honest, I'm still not really sure what a chino is. I think it's some kind of trousers, but like I don't know which ones. Like I don't I don't know which ones. I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> no joggers, no bare shoulders. Does this bitch think they're in church? He wants all the girls in Mentias? Like, what the fuck is that? No extra large handbags? That is discrimination to camp people like myself. What the fuck? No singing? This bitch is out here trying to get on my list. Basically, it was a bunch of dumb shit that apparently they're not allowed to do. And I just... People are dying. Lindsay, people are dying. <laughs> like, Kirsty Blackman, who is an SNP MP and kind of a fashion icon, um, she she tweeted in response to this: "If they decide to enforce the covering of MP shoulders but not the wearing of masks, then that's a pretty screwed up set of priorities." Yes, sis. Yes, Queen. She's right because the staff at the House of Commons are at risk because you got MPs just walking around maskless, travelling from all parts of the fucking country while fucking cases are up. But this bitch is worried about chinos and shoulders and extra large handbags? I mean... Like I said, people are dying, darling. People are dying. Like, grow up, to be honest. (laughs) Oh my God. (sighs) Apparently they're not allowed to wear casual shoes or trainers. Girl, it's just like fucking clothes, bitch. It's just... Uh, I just feel like there are bigger priorities in the world. You know what I mean? I just... I just do. Like, sorry. Um, so... <laughs> there's been talk of a reshuffle. I mean, they moved a couple of things around, but it was no major, so... 
Um, but there was a lot of talk about Michael Gove becoming foreign secretary and then a quote leaked in the Times or it was reported in the Times or whatever you want to call it. And somebody said, Michael Gove can't become foreign secretary as he would bomb half the Middle East in a fortnight, according to a top Tory source. So we're basically admitting that we have, like, psychos with no impulse control in the government. Because, like, (laughs) that's what it reads as to me. That is what it reads as to me. I don't want Michael Gove near any level of responsibility. Where he is now upsets me. I don't want it. I want him gone gone absolutely gone but alas he scares me he really does and like not in a I just I don't like the man I do not like the man Okay, let's talk about Labour Party drama. This was weird and fucked up and I'm confused by it. You can kind of describe most things that happen in the Labour Party like that, actually. Anyways, so, um, nemesis of the show, Owen Jones, (laughs) uh, put out a tweet, um, And he said, this is not a joke, but deadly serious. The Labour Party have officially placed the young Labour chair, Jessica Barnard, under investigation for opposing transphobia. Here is her letter sent to NEC members, passed to me, and here are the tweets she's being investigated for. Um, So, basically, Jessica Barnard, who is the chair of Young Labour, was sent just in the middle of the night an email telling her that she was being investigated for tweets that she had made. These were the tweets. Uh, Competition time. Guess how many trans-exclusionary radical feminist accounts I had to block today. Closest guess gets to pick a charity supporting trans people for me to donate some of my counsellor allowance to. Voting closes in 24 hours. And then the second one. um, Expect better from a Labour representative. These accounts stalk, harass, incite hatred and abuse towards trans people. Why on earth a Labour councillor would defend them is completely beyond me. There's no fishing for anything. I just won't be intimidated into giving transphobes energy. I don't understand why that's being investigated, to be real. Like, for what? I mean, (laughs) seriously, for what? (laughs) Like, those those are apparently the, the two pieces of evidence they had. That was enough to trigger an investigation. And I'm like... Um... This is happening at one in the morning. What the f- what the f- 
so she she responded she sent them an email um she asked for clarification on why she was being investigated um she talked about how she hadn't discriminated against anybody so it would appear that they are accusing her of discrimination but they can't really evidence what it is because from those two tweets i don't really see it um she talks about how receiving this email in the middle of the night as well um was really um a a really big impact on her mental health um especially with her as a young person as well and there are a lot of people asking questions about this and i feel like they are all very valid questions number one why the fuck was this sent in the middle of the night who does that who the the fuck does that secondly what actually is there to investigate because i mean yeah yeah i know maybe i'm not super familiar with the rules of the labor party because i'm not a member but i cannot see any reason how this would you know bring the party into disrepute or be in any way problematic like i don't it kind of just seems like well i don't know i don't know uh number three or did i do that the letters it doesn't matter third third question um you know these tweets are both from october 2020 why are they emailing her almost a year later in the middle of the night what the fuck what the actual fuck um so this story was updated um it turned out it was all a mistake apparently um so labor rescinded the complaint against her which they say was issued in error and they apologized unreservedly to her for the hurt and upset this has caused okay okay firstly i don't really understand how you send a disciplinary email with attachments at one in the morning by mistake i just i don't see how that's a mistake i i don't i'm sorry that seems it seems like there would have been a lot of steps you'd have to go through for that to happen and so i don't see it being a mistake sorry um secondly would they have rescinded it so quickly and made this apology had a big journalist with a huge platform of almost a million followers have talked about it if owen jones had not spoken about this would she have this apology would they have rescinded this complaint and said oh it was all a mistake sorry or would they have proceeded especially with her being a younger member of the party um if she hadn't thought to reach out to owen jones and send him the details of what had happened to her she would have been on her own because nobody would have been able to help her would the labor party have proceeded with the investigation with the toll it would have taken on her mental health I feel like that's a question worth asking you know 
are they backing down and apologizing because it's the right thing to do or are they doing it because someone with a platform of nearly a million followers has pushed them into it I don't know but I feel like again it is worth asking that question because well you know talk about some other things that have been happening um apparently supermarket short super supermarket food shortages there we go will be over by christmas according to downing street well according to downing street last year covid would be over by last christmas but it fucking isn't so i'm not too sure i believe them um there have been a huge increase in um food shortages across the uk um as well as shortages of supplies for restaurants and pubs and things like that. Um, I, my local shop that I go to, the Sainsbury's in town, has been short on a lot of things for around about a month now, um, with no real signs of getting better. I've tried going to other shops in my area and the same thing kind of happens. There are lots of different products that are unavailable. Um, And you'll never guess why this is. Brexit yes um, as it all turns out leaving the European Union and making shipping and things like that a lot more complicated does actually have consequences like not to be a fucking liberal elite Ramona or whatever but frankly I just wanted to get a bit of turkey for Sunday I just thought it'd be nice make a little Sunday dinner for me in the house can't do it they don't have any haven't had any for weeks I'm upset I can't lie to you I can't lie to you it's annoying to me it's fucking with my energy they didn't have my vitamins I wanted to get either so I had to (laughs) I had to make a detour I had to go to fucking super drug which is annoying I know these seem like minor inconveniences And at the moment, yes, that's all they are. But if this continues, I think we're going to have big problems. And I I do think there will be shortages still by Christmas because I don't trust the government. And if they say that we won't, we probably will. Speaking of things that the government have said we won't have, that we probably will. um, (laughs) The government um, have been talking about the winter of coronavirus. What we're going to do and what's going to happen. Um... So, (laughs) firstly, there was speculation about a lockdown in October, another firebreak lockdown, um, to see what was, you know, what could be done about rising cases. Um, This was reported in the eye. Um, The Department for Education then, quote, tweeted that, Um, and said it is not true that the government is planning a lockdown or firebreak around the October half term Um, I don't believe them but okay (laughs) Um, the government also is still going back and forth on vaccine passports up until sort of the end of this week they were like yeah yeah we're probably gonna do it probably gonna do it Um, but now Oh, how quickly things can change. Um, 
The health secretary, Sajid Javid, the Saj, as he calls himself and hopes people will join in, um, has said that the vaccine passport scheme for nightclubs and large events in England will not be going ahead. Um, I don't really believe that. (laughs) I feel like it's probably still going to happen. Can't lie to you. Um, So you know, this will be great the next few weeks and months. What's going to happen, government? I don't know. It's a surprise. Oh, okay. Cool. Love that for me. Um, Let's go back to Brexit for a little second. So there was a popular anti-Brexit campaigner called Steve Bray, and his whole deal was to stand outside in Parliament Square He was wearing like a Brexit themed outfit and he would like shout stop Brexit a lot or whatever. Okay, girl. Um, So he kind of still does that. Obviously, he's not yelling stop Brexit anymore because it's no longer possible, but he yells about various Brexit related things that are happening. Um, Most of the time, uh, you know, people will talk to him have a little chat whatever um sometimes he'll ask passing members of parliament or ministers about their thoughts on things he'll ask them questions um he approached government minister and conservative mp nigel adams um and asked him a question and nigel adams told him to fuck off on camera so he said why don't you talk to your mp and fuck off you're getting on my nerves (laughs) it's it's giving me it's giving me that scene in the thick of it where the lady who also played jan in casualty that reminds me there's a new episode of casualty i gotta watch it um and she's yelling about her mother's piss and then glenn goes to deal with her and then he yells at her and he tells her to fuck off or something and you you just gotta keep it cool and not tell members of the public to fuck off really i mean (laughs) oh my god it's the stupidity for me ladies because (laughs) it's so dumb I mean, why would you allow yourself, especially as you you know, you would be aware that a lot of the time these campaigners are filming. Why would you tell him to fuck off on camera? That's so dumb. Honestly, it's like... (laughs) It's like conservative MPs ain't got no fucking media training. My God. Um... Dominic Cummings is looking to join OnlyFans, but not in the way you think. Uh, So OnlyFans, um, if you didn't know, is a website where you can create subscriber-only content for your followers, um, and you can... uh, they, they They will pay you a certain amount every month to have access to that content. Um... OnlyFans is very popular for content by um, 
sex workers but apparently there is also other stuff on there I don't know um (laughs) but Dominic Cummings is looking at the idea of joining um he was doing a Q&A on his Substack and he talked about how he was frustrated with some of the errors and issues that Substack was having so someone suggested he look into OnlyFans to host his content and he said he would be looking into it I feel like having a scumbag like that on your platform it would just kill it for me I <laughs> uh, so um I've just seen this picture again and it's made me like cringe and die inside so Spitting Image is a political satirical show Um, it was recently revived by a streaming service here called Britbox which like shows British TV obviously Um, I mean sometimes Britbox is good because they got like some of the stuff I like they have like old episodes of EastEnders um casualty holby um and now they have the fucking monopoly on having the thick of it which is really fucked up um but they also have this revival of spitting image that is not very good and nobody really likes it (laughs) i wasn't super into the original show either um but i mean i could see why people liked it the revival just kind of seems like really desperate and um, that's not cute mama anyways so they now have an alex salmond puppet alex salmond of course the former first minister of scotland current leader of his own little political party um so the puppet the puppet is basically shrek in a suit I don't really know how they did this without being sued. I also don't know why they have done this. Because, like... I mean, he's not green. (laughs) That's so stupid, but... It just... I look at it, and I'm... I just... I mean, whatever you think of the guy, this just seems really mean. And I... No, mama. That's a no from me. Um, It just kind of... Pushes the desperation. It's like, this show is desperate to be relevant, but it's like, girl, you're using, like, references from, like, how many years ago? And, like... You know what it reminds me of? (laughs) I'm about to go on a little bit of a tangent, but stick with me. So a couple of years ago, I watched this film. Um, I later found out that it was basically marketed as like the first ever independence themed horror movie. (laughs) Which makes a lot of sense after you've watched it. So it's basically about these like two people from England that moved to Scotland um and then they're basically like attacked throughout this film by these feral like scottish people who are trying to like get them out of the country and all this shit and i remember sitting there and thinking like when i was watching it i was like 
what the fuck? This feels, um, offensive. And this is kind of giving me that vibe. You know, it's like, girl, what is this? This is messy behavior. This is fucking messy. Um, I mean, I guess that argument is, oh, but we don't really portray any politicians nicely. Because, like, I think they, they have, like, Pretty Patel's, like, a vampire or something. And they have, like, a puppet of Greta, you know, the environment girl. Which seems a bit weird. It's like, why are you picking on a fucking teenager? Like, especially as a show is probably written by, like, middle-aged men. Like, that's a bit fucking weird that they're, like, fixating on a teenage girl, but whatever. Um, I mean, will I be watching? Will I be streaming? No. But it just... It came up on my timeline, and I was like, girl, not this. Girl, not this. I... No, mama. Girl, not this. (laughs) It was kind of stupid. Um... Speaking of people in Scotland, uh, during the SNP's conference, members have backed a plan to create a national transport company. We're nationalising, bitches. Oh, yes. As somebody who hates the privatisation of transport, I love this for you. Yes. Trust me. Privatisation of transport was a fucking mistake. Okay? Because now we got fucking transport companies, all kinds of ones, all dotted all over the country. They don't know how to act. They don't care about your complaints. They don't care if their service is shoddy because they know you ain't got no other options. Because they were all like, oh yeah, you know, privatization increases competition. It makes the companies better. Bitch, no, it doesn't. No, they're worse than ever. Because like one company gets control of a whole area because they beat out the competition. And then they stop trying and they become trash. And that is where we find ourselves, certainly in Kent anyway. I remember, let me tell you something. I went onto the social media profile of my local bus company because I was like, you know what? I just had to wait like two hours for a bus and it didn't even turn up and it was the last bus. And I saw another complaint from another member of the public who was talking about the fact that he had put in a complaint through the official complaints procedures or whatever. And nobody had got back to him. And the point of his complaint was that one of the drivers of the buses had been racist towards his son, his child. And the company just never bothered to get back to this man. And I was like... This is what I'm talking about when I say privatization was a mistake. You got bus drivers racially abusing children. Nothing happens because these companies know they don't need to be accountable because there is no real competition. Privatization was a mistake, ladies. You Look, I don't mean to be like a fucking... fucking raging socialist about it or whatever, but I just don't feel like you can trust capitalism to deal with like public transport (laughs) I feel like you can't I feel like you have to have because they're just out here doing whatever they want and ripping people off and charging people for buses that never come and I for one am exhausted okay 
it's time to talk about Rosie Duffield. Now, before anyone tries to fucking... Uh, I, like, I'm picking on her, because everybody's doing that these days. I want to say this. I'm talking specifically about Rosie Duffield. I'm, I'm taking a whole segment to talk about her. Not just because of what's happened and all the drama, but because I live in Kent. And as a left-leaning person in Kent, I'm going to give you my fucking perspective on her role as essentially our only opposition MP, the only barrier between us and the relentless will of the British government. Because all of the conservative MPs in Kent will do whatever the fuck, just whatever the fuck they're told. They don't care, they'll do it. They won't argue back. She is the only person, she's the only MP that we have that will act as a barrier to that. She's the only one that will actually stand up and say something about something that maybe is not good for us but the government wants to do it anyway um so i i'm not just talking um about this from the perspective of like a woman or an lgbt person but i'm also talking as a person in kent that i i guess has some kind of investment in her keeping her seat maybe i don't know i don't live in her constituency um but i do live in another one in kent so having an mp in the county that actually gives a shit is quite nice however however we must all try and remember that not everybody in a county looks and sounds and acts like us right we're gonna go into that so it was a lovely friday afternoon um twas just minding my business uh and then my attention was drawn to some tweets by rosie duffield that morning and this is it all kicked off because oh my goodness i mean it was a piece in the local paper so let's have a look at this thread shall we This is my local newspaper. She's referring to the Kent Messenger, which is a paper um, in Kent. It has a lot of different editions for different parts of Kent, uh, but their online section, Kent Online, um, essentially takes all of that and puts it on the internet, which is very helpful. Um, This is my local newspaper. They feature this Conservative councillor every week. His political interests do you know what actually no i have to say something here i'm gonna be interrupting all the way through i'm sorry she is basically complaining from the outset that this conservative councillor is featured every week would you like to know why rosie would you like to know why i'm gonna tell you it's probably because he pitches every week or he has somebody on his team probably not because he's a councillor so he's probably actually doing this himself but he pitches every week and he gives them content right 
You could be featured in this newspaper every week too if your team did their jobs and got you that coverage. Because from what we've seen, from everything that unfolded here, I don't know what the hell Rosie Rosie Duffield's team are doing. Because they basically just sat back while she goes on a Twitter rant, attacks the local press, goes all kinds of places, when what they could have just done was pitched something to the local newspaper. Pitch a little op-ed for Rosie. Let her talk about what she wants to talk about. Let her voice her opinions, talk about her perspectives, whatever. They will be happy for free content from a member of fucking parliament. They won't say no. If you're not featured, Rosie, it's because your team are not doing their job and they're not pitching you. That's not the local newspaper's fucking fault. Oh my God. Anyway, I'm going to continue. His political interests seem mostly to inv- I don't know why I'm doing that voice fresh and sound like that. I can't do her voice. Anyway. His political interests seem mostly to involve concreting over our green spaces. And he became leader recently after staging a coup against a fellow local Tory councillor. Um, this piece was called I Can Be Conservative, Gay and Leader at the Same Time and was basically this guy talking about his life as a gay man, as a conservative, as a husband, as a father, and as a politician, right? So let's continue her thread. The same Tory councillor was happy to support, work with, and campaign for our last Tory MP for several years, an MP who actively sought to outlaw equal marriage and was openly against gay rights for which he cited his conversion to Catholicism. I feel like she doesn't realise that's going to be chucked back in her face. Because... Girl, you know that's how this game works. You know sometimes you have to campaign for and promote someone that you don't necessarily like. Um, The last leader of your party was not a popular guy, but you still went out and you campaigned for him to become Prime Minister. So... This is a bit of a ridiculous game for you to play, my love. Um, It is what it is, you know. I don't think that implying that this Tory councillor, who is a gay man, by the way, was happy to support a homophobe. I don't think that's fair because Rosie is not stupid. She understands that sometimes you have to campaign for people you don't like. I mean, God knows there are plenty of people coming out saying that they didn't like campaigning for Rosie Duffield. Um, She knows how this works. She knows that you have to campaign for the candidate. You have to campaign for the party. So I do think it's a bit unfair for her to imply that a gay man was somehow supporting homophobia. But there we are. Let's continue. I have actively fought for gay rights and all human rights all my life. Okay. All right. Would you like a medal for that, my dear? I'm sorry, but it really gets on my nerves when people say that. It's like, what do you want? Congratulations for doing the decent thing. Like, you don't get a pat on the head for that. It's like when... I see this a lot on the left, like, and this is something that most people don't ever talk about in leftist spaces because they don't want to rock the boat, but like, 
I'm in my own fucking boat and it's a yacht, so I'm not afraid to rock it because I'll be fine. There are so many people that will expect praise and head pats and cookies and medals for doing the decent thing. You know, campaigning and using your voice and your platform and your privilege to say something like, you know what? Gay people are normal and deserve human rights. That's not something you need to be applauded for. It's the basics that everybody should be doing. Saying, you know what? Black people shouldn't be dehumanized. They should have equal rights. That's the basics of humanity. That's just empathy. You shouldn't need to be fucking congratulated for that. It's the very basics of being a good person. And it annoys me when people will bring it up and act like... Firstly, it makes them completely unaccountable for anything else they ever do. Because it's like, oh, but you know, you can't hold me accountable for this because I fought for gay rights. No, 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 no. Secondly, it's just, it looks like they're asking for congratulations. And you know what? As this tweet goes on, that that's how it seems. Um, she says, a fact that is well known, well documented, and everyone who knows me can testify. I chose to make my first MP speech after less than two hours sleep at Canterbury's first Pride event. It went viral. <laughs> I mean, it didn't. Because I, I'd never fucking heard of the speech, so I looked it up to find out what she was talking about. I could find one video of this speech, one, and it had less than 200 views on YouTube. I couldn't find anything on social media about this big viral speech she apparently gave. I looked it up, you know, I was looking for articles about it, everything. Could not find a fucking thing. I don't know who told her that speech went viral, but it didn't. Like, <laughs> I don't know who told her that, but they lied to her several times. Um, but this, you know, this kind of reinforces what I'm saying. It's like she's looking for some kind of validation because she she blessed us with a big viral speech at Pride. Like, so? So fucking what? <laughs> and, and I listened to that speech, by the way, and look. You know the funniest thing? I actually, I actually really like Rosie Duffield, I think, apart from some things that I find a bit objectionable, you know, I think, I think she's been a a good MP, I think she seems nice, but she just, oh, she did not do herself any goddamn favours here, let me tell you. This speech as well, it was, God she referenced born this way <laughs> i don't know why but like every time straight people like they, they want to like do a big powerful lgbt ally moment they reference that song and i'm like okay i think it's because they think it was written by like a straight person who had a lot of empathy for lgbt people because they don't realize that lady gaga is bisexual but i don't know that's another story for another time She continues, I also have feminist and gender critical beliefs, which mean that whilst I've always fully supported the right of all trans people to live freely as they choose, I do not accept self-ID as a passport for male-bodied biological men to enter protected spaces for biological women. That includes domestic violence refuges, women's prisons, single-sex wards and school toilets. I believe the majority of people support this view. 
what I find interesting about this um is that she makes a point of saying that she has always supported the rights of trans people but then she mentions a big way in which she doesn't find that interesting uh, the mostly male aggression and verbal abuse about this has resulted in changes to my personal safety and security arrangements. I want to talk about this for a sec. To clarify, I do not and will never believe that a man has a right to threaten or abuse anybody, particularly a woman. And I feel like this whole situation, what we're going through, trying to sort out what is happening, I don't want to call it a debate because that sounds really dehumanising to the people that are actually involved because there's real people involved in this shit. But I can't think of another way in English to say it, so I'm just going to say this debate. I feel like this whole debate, for lack of a better word, would be just benefited so much more if men would shut the fuck up. Because, let me tell you this, I hear you, Rosie, when you talk about abuse and harassment from men. Because same... There are, I I feel like I've talked about this before, but there are men that will involve themselves in this, cis men, whatever you want to call them, that will involve themselves in this purely because they want an excuse to attack and harass women. So you get some men who will claim that they care about trans rights, but they never cared before. They have just joined in so that they can attack and harass women that are gender critical. And on the other side, you got men who have suddenly decided, oh, by the way, I'm a big feminist now, I'm gender critical, that's my whole thing. And they will attack women that are not gender critical. There is a man who who goes to the contact form on my website several times a week some weeks it'll be every day and he sends me very graphic descriptions about how I deserve to be raped by a trans woman because I'm not gender critical I have had men call me stupid brainwashed a bimbo, a handmaiden, a traitor to my own gender because I am not gender critical. I have had men tell me that I should kill myself. Men tell me that they are going to kill me. So I feel like actually a lot of the aggression that surrounds this could probably be removed if men would just shut the fuck up but like that's not gonna happen so I guess all we can do is hope for the best 
plan for the homicidal maniac who doesn't like a woman disagreeing with him. I, I don't know. Um, she continues anyway. That is misogyny. Yes, you're right. That is misogyny. Pure. 100%. Some angry strangers, none of whom have ever met me, have decided what I believe, and that is transphobic. Okay. Okay. Now... I have something to say about this. <laughs> God, I can't even spell that. Sorry, I'm just Googling something quick. Um, so, okay, I, obviously, I am, well, actually, I don't know why I'm saying obviously, because you can't see me. I mean, I'm the girl on the cover for this podcast, but, like, you know, maybe you don't even look at it, I don't know, but, like, the point is, <laughs> um, I am, I am an ethnic woman, I'm an ethnic woman, darling, uh, I'm mixed race, um, white and black, um, little too, little too dark for white town, little too light for black town, you know what I mean, anyways, I'm ethnic, So why I like to say I'm ethnic, and um so sometimes something racist will happen and I will say that's racist and then there are some people and they'll say but I don't feel that's racist but those are people that have not experienced racism and I'm like um but it's not really your place to tell me that it's not racist because like Mm. but they do and I kind of feel like that is what's going on here. Um, so, to go, to give you a little context, why Rosie Duffield is facing these criticisms. So she liked a tweet on Twitter, and I know people are gonna be like, "Oh, but it's just liking a tweet. Who cares?" But like, we're living in a new age where these things take on more meaning. You know what I mean? And everybody knows their likes are public now, so it's not like it's not, it's not like it's not like Miss Thing was trying to hide it. Because if she's trying to hide it, she get herself a sock puppet account, but she didn't. She's doing it on main. Um, so she liked a tweet saying that trans people are mostly heterosexuals cosplaying and colonizing gay culture. Um, which obviously was quite hurtful to uh some trans people um i mean you know and she says that's not transphobic but it's not really her place to tell trans people what is and isn't transphobic in the same way that if someone were to tell her you know i mean she's just said at the start of this that is misogyny if someone were to turn around to her and say actually rosie it's not misogyny she'd be pretty pissed i feel and she'd be right to because it'd be somebody invalidating her experience as a woman as somebody who is in the path of misogyny And they would be telling her, no, 
this oppression that you uniquely experience as a woman, I, as someone that doesn't experience it, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. You know what I mean? So, I just, I feel like a lot of this as well, like, I'm talking generally, this whole thing, because in the UK, anyway, it has become this huge uh, conflict, you know, and I feel like if people were to interact and speak on a human level, I know it's going to sound very, like, naive and, like, give peace a chance or whatever, but, like, I'm fucking serious. There are a lot of people in the UK that are very fucking angry and furious about everything and frothing at the mouth or whatever. And a lot of them have never even met a trans person. And so all they have in their head when they think of, of, of trans people is, is like these scary monsters and caricatures, you know. And they don't see a real person. And maybe if they meet a trans person, their mind is not going to change and they're still going to feel the way that they do. And I guess that's their right. But I feel like if we kind of calmed it down, and we could have real conversations. Talk about what we could do to make sure that everybody is afforded equal rights, you know. Because that that is really what everybody is, is looking for. You know, women's groups are looking for the preservation of their rights. Trans people are looking for their rights to be brought into equality with everybody else it does not have to be fucking yelling and attacking each other and invalidating each other and inviting men from all over the place to be involved even though it really doesn't have anything to do with them I... anyway she continues some angry strangers none of whom who have ever met me and again this goes back to what i'm saying you know she's she's saying none of these people have met me and they judge me and i'm like okay let's print that tweet out and put it in a mirror let's have a look let's see what we see you know what i mean have decided what i believe and that it is transphobic which seems to others piling on to be the worst of all possible crimes my sins to agree that male-bodied people should not be included in lists of murdered women, to have liked tweets such as Piers Morgan's You Mean Women when he read a health advice post about people with a cervix. While there have been a very small number of people who now identify as men and still have female organs, the vast majority of women should not have to rename our bodies or ourselves accordingly. Um... I feel like that is not happening, to be real. I, I, I'm going to tell you a secret, Rosie. I'm a woman and I have a vagina. I probably have a cervix. I've never looked. It's inside, so I don't know. But I, I do get, I'm going to put a little trigger one in here for men because sometimes they get upset at the mention of this but it's actually like a really normal natural thing and like they should chill I have periods I'm assuming I have like a uterus and things and it's all in working order no one is attacking me for saying those things about myself because it's true I'm a woman 
I got all these things going on. Um, like other women, I'm pretty chill. My voice was once described as sultry by my friend Laura. Um, and I feel like she was right. And I put it in my... <laughs> I put it on my Tinder bio because it's true. Um, I also describe myself as the Billy Porter of lesbians because we're both ethnic, we're both sing, and we're both very camp. And I feel like that is the energy that I have and I want to let people know right away. Um, However, I don't think that it hurts me or invalidates me as a woman for me to acknowledge that a trans woman can also be a woman you know what I mean like I'm still me and she can be her you know it doesn't have to be a war it really doesn't um but she continues we have fought forever for our own names our own spaces I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt again because I'm getting ahead of myself because I haven't even read to you what this guy said in this article that she flipped out about for several tweets um but do you know what i'm gonna summarize it because i don't need to read the whole thing basically what he talks about most of this article that this counselor wrote that started this whole kerfuffle off is him talking about his experiences as a gay man he's talking about um his his nerves about being open about who he was it was do you know what it was actually really touching to read as somebody who also really struggled um to be open and and honest about their sexuality i really related to it a lot um uh he talked about being in politics as a gay man um becoming a father uh the adoption process he talked about his marriage he talked about wanting to make canterbury a a safer and happier place for LGBT people and then he he mentioned Rosie Duffield's tweets um, because listen here's the thing one of the talking points you hear a lot from gender critical people is that words have meanings words have to mean things language has to mean something fine but then you have to accept that sometimes the things you say and the things you do mean something the things you say the things you tweet the things you agree with and condone that might hurt people it might make people feel for example that they can't come to you for help i'm gonna i'm gonna explain something to you So one of the things that happens when you, when you are like a lesbian in deep denial about your life and who you are and whatever is that you go through this thing and you become like a really like huge, like you kind of obsess over like supporting LGBT issues. Sometimes you also end up then identifying as bisexual for ages, even though you really do not want to be with men and you desperately want to be with a woman but you can't because you're scared and social pressure and I'm going on but my point is I want to talk about equal marriage so equal marriage um, came in in the UK um, in 2000 and 
12, I think. I think I'm getting that right. I wanted to write to my MP about it. My MP at the time was Michael Fallon, because um, I lived in the Seven Oaks constituency. And I wanted to write to him. But something stopped me. Um, and I... There was a part of me, even then, when I was trying to pretend that I, I didn't feel... <laughs> you know, that I didn't feel anything for women and I was I was completely heterosexual I was at that point of my delusions then I still there was a part of me that knew who I was that knew the truth and was sort of whispering it in the back of my head like (laughs) you're a fucking homo bitch um when he voted against equal marriage I realised that the person that was supposed to represent me, the person I was supposed to be able to go to for help if I needed it, if he knew the truth about who I was, he'd think less of me. He'd think I was a lesser person than another person in the constituency. And I feel... Like, that is... I feel like that is why this councillor mentioned Rosie Duffield in the first place. I don't think that he had some personal vendetta or whatever. I think he's trying to explain how some constituents might feel. Now, I don't know Rosie Duffield... But I like to think that there is potential for good in everybody. And I like to think that she would not want to make her constituencies... Constituents? Her constituents. There we go. I like to think she wouldn't want to make them feel like that. I like to think she would want them to always think that they could come to her. And that they would be safe and they would be listened to. And that she would not have any reason to not help them or support them or take them seriously but the reality is is that obviously there are some people that do feel that way and I do think that is why this councillor has done this right and so the the question is is what does she do from there Because it's all well and good for her to say, I support trans people. But they're obviously not seeing that. You know what I mean? And also, because I've... (laughs) I've gone right off the path, rambling. Um, But she talked just then, in what I was reading before, about how women fought for their own spaces. And so I want to talk about another little thing that the councillor mentioned in his little piece in the newspaper. Oh dear. He said, 
for all those grappling with issues of gender, the last thing they need is their MP, Lars seen at Pride Canterbury petulantly handing out Never Kiss to Tory stickers, supporting sweeping claims about who can and cannot be a woman. I want to talk about this for a second. Now, I am not saying that allies cannot go to Pride events. If you would like to go, that's fine. But what I will say is this. You know, I've been to a lot of Pride events during the days when I was... (laughs) I was deluding myself that I was a bisexual and, and, you know, that was nice. But what I did used to see sometimes, you'd see allies and they'd sort of turn up and it's like, you do realise this is like our thing and we've let you come here, right? Like, you, you have to be nice to us. You have to be polite. You have to play by the rules. Walking around making a whole group of LGBT people feel like they're not included is not sticking by the rules it's not being nice there is a lot of discourse about whether Tories are acceptable at Pride as well as a whole bunch of other groups no one's really you know decided on whether bisexuals are actually allowed to go or not but I think we, you know they just sort of turn up anyway and that's great and we love them for that um there are some people saying ace people shouldn't turn up fuck that let them go let them come it's fine uh there are some people and they're like no the leather daddy's not allowed to go and I'm like get to fuck leave them alone they're coming leave them alone and then of course there's the ever repeating Tories at Pride I feel really embarrassed every year when the Tories the LGBT Tories come on the parade and everyone fucking boos them and I'm like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up man everyone's excuse is always like oh section 28 oh Boris is a homophobe but here's the thing most of the people that are currently in that group probably weren't like a voting age when section 28 came in so you can't hold them responsible for something that happened that was beyond their control and the lgbt tory group whatever you think of the tories in general the lgbt group does try and make things better they are pushing back against the more regressive aspects of their party so you know I I think it's a bit unfair to argue they shouldn't be allowed to be at Pride and only certain parties should be allowed to turn up because guess what? Every fucking party has some fucking gay-shaped skeletons in their closet. Labour deselected a woman for being a fucking lesbian. Um, Labour left in a fucking loophole when they repealed Section 28 that allowed local authorities to keep it. And guess what? Mine did! And now I'm a fucking disaster! Thanks, Tony Blair. Um, Like, literally, every party has some really fucked up shit they did to the LGBT community. So you can't... You can't just point at one party and say, you're not allowed any gays and things. Because it's just ridiculous. And for, for a straight woman, an ally, who's not even part of the community, to come into the community and make members of that community feel unwelcome going around making LGBT, LGBT conservatives feel unwelcome. That, that for me, is disgusting behaviour, like I'm sorry, but it is. And so it's interesting that she talks about fighting for our spaces. Well, so are LGBT people. 
and they still welcomed you into their spaces and look what you did when you were there. You did a cringe speech where you mentioned born this way several times and then you were making, you know, members of the community, whether you agree with conservative values or not, an LGBT Tory is still an LGBT person and you made them feel unwelcome. So look what you did in someone else's space. You know, look at the woman in the mirror before you judge somebody else is all I'm saying. Um, anyway, let's move on. She said, to our own, to own our own bodies, our rights and our votes, as have all gay people too. If my views of feminism, women's rights and women's basic physical safety offend some men like this counsellor or this newspaper... God, nobody said nobody said you offended the newspaper. And I think it's a bit stupid to attack your local paper um, when you're going to need their support. But okay. Then that reflects pretty badly on him. I did not ask him what his views were on women's rights, but this newspaper did not hesitate to print them anyway, despite not asking me for my views. I will continue to support LGBT rights. But will you though this is the question girl like as I have done all of my life whether strange men say so or not erasure of women's views voices and work and the community is why feminism is now more important than ever and misogyny such as this is growing we must always speak up do you know what the interesting thing is is that last bit. Because I feel like she doesn't understand that people in the LGBT community are facing the exact same thing. Erasure of voices and platforms. Um, people minimising the oppression that they face. I mean... You know what I mean? I just... Um, I feel like this whole thing... Probably... Because everyone keeps banging on about how... Like, a lot of her supporters were replying to her and saying, Oh, they should give you right of reply. They should let you write something in reply. And I'm like, did her team fucking pitch it anyway? Because that's what it comes down to and that's what it goes back to. What I said right at the beginning of this. Did her team fucking pitch a fucking response? Did they do their jobs and pitch a response? Or did they just let her go wild on Twitter.com? Like, which is it? Because... What I will say is this, I think there are some people and they got very excited about this and they're like, oh, she's going to lose her seat. No, she's not. Probably not. Like, <laughs> whether you agree with her views or not, like, I don't see that because, um, you know, firstly, you have to remember, yes, she won um, her seat probably thanks to a lot of student voters. However what she may lose in student voters she will probably pick up in votes from other parties that you know basically this whole the the gender critical thing right it kind of 
it no longer belongs to one party. I don't know if that makes sense when I say that, but like, um, and it, it seems to be a really big priority to the people that that care about it very passionately. So you will have people from completely different sides of the political spectrum supporting each other because of the fact that they are both gender critical or whatever. Like you will have like, um, you know, people from, you know, like I've seen. I have actually seen like people that have said that they are like lifelong unionists who said that if they lived in Joanna Cherry's constituency, they would vote for her because she's gender critical. You know, they are completely ideologically opposed in terms of Scottish independence, but they would vote for her in a heartbeat because she's gender critical, you know? And I feel like the same is going to happen with Rosie Duffield. Um, While yes she may lose some student voters who do tend to be more opposed to gender critical ideas i think that there is going to be people from other parties that perhaps will vote tactically to keep rosie duffield in place um so that'll be interesting to see what happens i guess um i mean the main takeaway for me here is like I feel like she needs to hear herself because I think if she did, she listened to everything that she said, right? She would hear that it's not too unfamiliar. It's not too distant from what other people are going through. And this doesn't have to be a big war. We don't have to be fighting each other. We could just fight men or something. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Please, men, don't write to me. I already have enough men writing to me and threatening me and shit. Please don't add to that. If you're a man, send me something nice. Like, oh, and by something nice, I do not mean a picture of your penis. That is never nice. I mean, like, um, like a picture of, like, a cat or, like, a, a shark. I know most people would think sharks aren't nice, but I like sharks. I think they're fucking rad. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> those are my demands men it's time it's time to bring down the patriarchy by sending me shark memes okay that's all for this week's episode i'll be back next week with a new one and all the things that are happening and we can share and talk about it and it'll be lots of fun i will talk to you then love you bye Thank you.